Hello, I want to welcome you to another Todd Talk, where we take teaching theory and turn it into teaching practice. In continuing our lessons on the icons of depth and complexity, we're going to be looking at the complexity icon of overtime. So what is overtime? Just like the name implies, overtime is what happens to something after a period of time. This period of time can be defined by whomever. It could be a week, it could be months, it could be years, it could be centuries, it could be millennia. So but things change over time, or they don't. Sometimes things don't change. It's very rare, but sometimes they don't. So the question becomes, why do these things change over time? And what has caused this change? And sometimes it can be just the perception of something can change. It doesn't have to be a physical change. For example, when I was in school all those many years ago, Christopher Columbus was hailed as a hero. Uh, I actually live in the city of Columbus, Ohio. We had a statue of him. We celebrated Columbus Day. And we, whenever Columbus Day came about, we always did activities where we colored things with Christopher Columbus on it and talked about his discovery of the new world and all those things. Well, since that time, so in the 30 years since, or 30 or, or 35 years since we used to do that, Christopher Columbus has become, has come to be seen in a different light. Uh, as someone who exploited the natives, as someone who didn't even know he was in the new world, all these things existed before, but it's our perception and understanding of these that have changed the way that we think about Columbus. So as a result, in my, my city of Columbus, Ohio, we have removed the, the statue of Columbus because it stands for the exploitation of indigenous people. And so we don't want to be associated with that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be objects. It can be theories as well. There are some big ideas that you can talk about when you're looking at the complexity icon of, the, of over time. One of these ideas is how has an idea changed during a particular time period? So given a set amount of time, what has changed? How has it changed? Why has it changed? All these questions. And one simple way to do this with students is have them look at their own lives. So I'm working with uh, 10 year olds. And so I talk about what has changed during that 10 years. And so they talk about several things. They talk about how things have changed physically. They've gotten bigger. When they were born, they were much smaller, and now they're much larger as a result of that. It could be think, uh, things such as their voice. Their voice has changed as they've gotten older. It becomes deeper or it becomes more rich or whatever. It could be their development itself. So maybe they're starting to get hair in places where they normally haven't had hair. They're starting to develop things that uh, they didn't have previously. So we talk about this with students in the physical part. We also talk about though the ideas, how they become more educated. So when they first were born, they didn't know how to talk or do anything for that matter. And they've learned a lot of things and they're continuing to learn those things because the more they're exposed to things, the more that they are, you know, are learning, the more that they are going to have in their, their toolbox in order to be able to use that, however they see fit to use that. Sometimes it can be your beliefs. So I don't do this particular example with my students, but one belief you know, like, is like the tooth fairy. So when we were younger, a lot of people believed in the tooth fairy because we were told the tooth fairy existed and all these things. But over time, we came, a couple of things happened. We might've been told 
that the tooth fairy didn't exist, or we may have just figured out that it doesn't seem, doesn't make any sense that the tooth fairy exists. And so we begin to doubt uh, his existence. So as a result, we, our belief has changed over time and we no longer believe in the tooth fairy. Sorry if I ruined that for any of our, of our listeners who still believe in the tooth fairy. So students can look at them at their actual selves and how that's changed over time. So that's one thing that you could do with them. Another idea or question to ask is how has time affected how people view the topic? So I talked about this when I talked about the Christopher Columbus example, but let me give you another example. So Alexander Hamilton, he lived, he died, and the events that happened in his life have not changed in the last 150 years because he's, he's passed away and he can't do anything to change anything about what happened. However, how we view him and how we perceive him has changed. When, when Alexander Hamill was originally viewed as one of the founding fathers, but he was kind of a secondary character. He wasn't sticking out like the George Washingtons and the Ben Franklins and the Thomas Jeffersons. Like, even though he had, you know, he was shot by Aaron Burr, which is a really, you know, he still wasn't one of the main figures. He's kind of one of those um, behind the scenes type of figures. And so we didn't really pay that much attention to him, even though we put him on the $10 bill because he helped with the help develop the treasury department at the in the government he was becoming obsolete and they were going to take him off the ten dollar bill but then something happened just a, a few years ago that totally changed the perception of alexander hamilton which is the musical hamilton which was a sensation and kids of all ages my family included have watched hamilton and been introduced to this character that's always existed. But now we see Hamilton as this in a different light because something changed along the way in the way that, and, and we're exposed to something that changes our perception of Alexander Hamilton. And it can also be in actual objects themselves. We come to, we come to realize maybe it's not as important as we once thought. Maybe, you know, so we start to think about things that even though they're not physically changing, our perception of them is changing. A third idea is the how and why did the idea change or remain the same over different time periods? Sometimes things don't change very much. If you look at the mousetrap, the mousetrap is a very simple invention. It was invented over 150 years ago. And if you walk into a Kroger now or a grocery store and you go to buy a mousetrap, it looks very similar than it did very similar to what it did 150 years ago. So the question is, why hasn't changed? And the reason is, it works. It's simple. There's not many ways to improve it. There, there are other things that I've seen, like they have sticky pads where the animal gets stuck to the pads, or there's humane ones where the, the, the rodent doesn't get killed by the actual thing. But the simplicity of the mousetrap is that it works so well, and it's so compact, and it's so convenient to buy, to make and to buy and to set up that it really hasn't changed in 150 years. So in that case, things remain the same because it's a, a design that, that works to this very day. Because there are some things that are timeless that don't change that much. So when I'm teaching students about Sherlock Holmes, that's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, detective that he created, even though those books took place hundreds of years ago, the themes of it are still timeless and still apply to it. So it doesn't feel dated. 
It, it's timeless. And so even though, again, Sherlock Holmes himself has not changed, you know, he, because the, the, the themes that he used and the methods that he used can still be used to this very day, it's still relevant to today. It hasn't become irrelevant. You also might look at um, different time periods. In other words, something, when you look at computers, computers from the 1950s to, to the 1980s, they were starting to evolve very slowly. Like you had giant computers and then, but not everyone had a personal computer. And, and so, and then all of a sudden, the personal computer came out and the, they kind of pushed the gas pedal for the development of the computer and what could happen to the computer. So nowadays we have computers that once took an entire room or two to fit all the equipment in, and now it's on a simple laptop. So there are different time periods where the evolution may happen really fast or very slowly or may not change at all. But this is the idea of looking at um, an idea and whether it remains the same or changes over certain time periods and are some time periods more productive than others when it comes to this change. It can be an object that has changed over time as well. So for a real simple example to think about is how the phone has changed over the last hundred or so years. So what you see here is the original telephone that was created by Alexander Graham Bell in 1876. And as you can see, it does its purpose of being able to talk and communicate with someone through this device. However, it's not very practical. So what we're going to see is over the next 130 or 40 years, we're going to see the telephone change and for the better. There are things that are being done to improve it. So, for example, in this particular one, what you can see is that there's only one thing for hearing and speaking, which can make things kind of difficult. So in 1878, they created the wall phone that could be attached to a wall. So it's kind of out of the way. And you had these two items. You had one that you listened to and one that you talked into. And you had these bells to indicate when someone was calling you. So you recognize that. Then in 1891, we, we, those, the, this particular phone needed an operator in order to work. You just couldn't connect to somebody. Uh, you had to get on the phone, get a hold of an operator, and, and hopefully the operator is able to connect you with other people. Here in 1891, they created the rotary dial where you could actually dial a person's number and it would call that person. You can see it still has the listening device and the speaking device, but now it's a little portable. It's on this device that plugs into the wall and it's not attached to the wall. So it has a little bit of no mobility. In 1927, they took this idea of the having to have a separate speaking and separate hearing, and they combine it into one device. So you still have the rotary part, but you have one handset where you speak into this end and you listen into this end, holding it against your head. So it's the handset. So they're improving it as it goes along. Then in 1946, we realized we want to have phones, but we don't want to be tied to our houses because that was the only way to be able to use the phone. So they started to create a car phone. You can see this very first car phone that, you know, takes up a lot of space, a lot of room, um, but 
and enabled people to talk to people when they were in their car. And so they didn't have to get home in order to call people. In 1958, we wanted to get rid of the whole idea of even having, so we still have our rotary phone we see here, and we still have our handset, but we also have a device we can attach to it where we can listen to someone through the speaker and speak to them through the speaker. So it just makes things more convenient as well. Then they finally moved in 1963 to push button uh, phones where you push the buttons of what you wanted to dial rather than use the rotary, which could be sometimes cumbersome and it was difficult to call someone very quickly. With a push button, you could dial your seven numbers fairly quickly and get a hold of somebody. So this was, an, an, again, another advance in the improvement of the phone. Then came the cordless phone. So before you were attached to a wall or attached to a receiver, attached to something through the cord. The 1966, they came up with a cordless phone where you could take this phone anywhere you wanted to within range and you could talk to somebody. So you had some mobility. You could move around, you could move around the house, you could move around your office, you could move around whatever. And you weren't attached to that however length of cord that there was on the actual phone. In 1984 was the first cell phone. And you can see this is kind of big and cumbersome. And I always tell students, the amazing thing about this is if you dialed seven numbers, it called someone. And that's all that the first cell phone did. It didn't have all the features that we have nowadays that we've become used to on our phones. And so they, this cell phone kind of freed people up even more so than the cordless phone. You could take the cell phone anywhere as long as there is reception, including in your car. So there is no, 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 no longer a need for the car phone because you could just use your cell phone. Then in 2007, the iPhone was introduced and the iPhone changed the, the purpose of the phone. So all these other iterations of the phone were designed to call people. And that was its only purpose. You dialed seven numbers and it connected you with another person. You could talk and communicate with them. When the iPhone came out, it kind of changed the game and that now people could check their email. People could play games. People could take photos. There's also, as a matter of fact, when I asked my students how much they use their phone to actually call people, it's, it's a very low percentage of the amount of time spent. So most of the time spent on their phone is not spent calling people. It's spent watching YouTube videos or playing games or things of that nature. So it is, it is evolved even more so that where a phone is not just a phone anymore, a phone is so much more. And what our expectations of phones have also changed over time. If you ask some, a younger person, you know, who has never had anything but cell phones, so imagine that what if they didn't have these? What if they were attached to a wall? What if they you had to dial a number using a rotary? Uh, one time when we went to a, uh, a cabin, there was a rotary phone there. And I called my 20-year-old daughter and my 14-year-old daughter into the room and asked them to dial a number, uh, dial a, our home phone number. And they're unable to do it because they'd never experienced it before. So we, we had conversations about how over time things have changed so much that uh, they don't even, they're not even aware of what those changes were because they're currently living in them. But someone such as myself, who's lived a decent amount of life, has seen this evolution over time. And so you can talk with your students about several things uh, that have changed over time. This is just one such example you could look at, you know, cars, you could look at airplanes, you could use a computer, you know, lots of different pieces of technology 
have changed over time. And, and that's why I, the project that I do with students is called Evolution of Technology, where students are picking a piece of technology and then they're showing through visuals how it has changed over time and explaining why it has changed over time and how it has gotten better. In a nutshell, that is the depth complexity icon of over time. And just as its name implies, the complexity is that it is a complex idea. It is something that's going to be very difficult for students to wrap their heads around and to properly understand. So it's important that you use as many specific examples as possible to help them see this. I like doing the evolution of technology because technology is something that they can physically see changing over time. They can see, they can see how their iPad has changed in the last 10 years or how video games have changed. And so this technology is an easy one, but there, there are more, more complex ideas that they can take a look at as well. Part of this also is understanding, even though there are some things that change naturally. So for example, trees grow just by, by sheer nature. They are going to get bigger. They're going to develop more leaves. Whatever. Most things are changed by people though, especially when it comes to ideas. So you definitely have to take this quote in consideration that they always say time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. So someone didn't take a cell phone and just set it down and it started to change over the next 10 years. If you take that cell phone and set it down for 10 years, in 10 years, it'll be obsolete. There's someone that physically had to make changes to the phone and, and companies that developed the phone in order to, to, to make it better. And so we we, students do need to understand that there are differences in the causes of change. And sometimes they're very natural and sometimes they're not natural and that there are changes that we bring about ourselves, whether it be in an actual physical object like that, or might be a change you want to make about yourself. Maybe there's something in your life that you'd like to change. And so you make a decision to try to change that. And it may change you as a person, whether it's an idea or it may be, you know, something physical or whatever. But this is a, definitely a deep dive into, into the idea of over time. And as a history teacher, I can't express enough how important this is for students to understand how things change over time and why that happens.